may tell you the one about John F. Kennedy, and we might talk about 9-11 and things like that. But where, where you were when some important historical event, uh, and when, when the time comes around in the year that we're reminded of it because of an anniversary or something, you remember that certain things happened to you on certain days. And uh, I know I think 9-11 affected people that way. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, it works better if you participate. Uh, I'm glad they tell you my story, and we'll do it kind of like a podcast kind of thing. But we'll, we would like to, to hear your story. So if you uh, remember and have a story to tell uh, that's something vivid in your memory, uh, say that the, the day that John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy's brother, was killed uh, in Dallas, Texas in 1973, that would be a good story. Uh, we're you were with or a certain thing that was going on or maybe the first time you ever 
got to where you were. But anyway, 919-860-9783, and uh, we would like to have you queue up, which is what the Brits would say, which is to say line up and, and join us tonight. Uh, we're pretty soft, and we enjoy stories, and our listeners enjoy stories. And you are the storyteller tonight, and we'll listen to your story after we take this break. Raleigh, North Carolina, on a Wednesday night. I believe it's June the 9th. And uh, we uh, we have a caller, and he's a gentleman we've talked to before, and he's the kind of guy who probably will have a good story. Good evening, Anthony. How are you doing, Tom? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm cool, and that's, you know, this, <laughs> in eastern and central North Carolina this time of year, there's something to be said for that. Uh, and, uh, but I, I, John cheated on you, and he said you were watching Perry Mason tonight, and uh, I said, well, too bad Tony Rigsby's not home. You know, he works for the Durham Bulls, and he's at the ballpark tonight, but he loves Perry Mason. And I'm, do you have a story to tell about Perry Mason? No, I've got one to tell about uh, the killing of John Kennedy. Uh, my grandmother and I were watching uh, General Hospital at the time, and it just ended. Uh, this was back when General Hospital was on at 1 o'clock in the Eastern Time Zone. Right. And it had just gone off the air, and then ABC interrupted with this thing that said this was a special report. And it said shots have been fired at the presidential motorcade at uh, Dallas, Texas, more details to come. And then uh, we flipped over to uh, As the World Turns on CBS, and that's when Walter Cronkite uh, busted in and said that shots have been fired and uh, all of that uh, good stuff like that. And then at 2 o'clock, it was completely interrupted for the next four days. So uh, that was that story right there. In fact, that's one of the things that I remember because virtually everybody, I was in college then. I was in my sophomore year, I think, or, yeah, because I, I, I was actually in a class when I found out. I'll, I'll tell you, I, you see, when you tell your story, I get to tell mine then. But uh, I uh, uh, was was in a class uh, that we, we, this German class met in a regular classroom, but on Fridays we met in the, in the, in the cafeteria. They had a a room on the side that classes could do that. You know, you could get your lunch and go in there and eat while you were speaking German or hearing about uh, Nietzsche or somebody like that. So anyway, we were all in the class, and somebody was whispering when I went into the class that you know, something had happened in Dallas. But you're sitting there, and you can't, uh, you want to know what's going on, but you can't get up and leave or anything because it might irritate the professor. Finally, I think he said, let's see if we can find out what's going on, and then we never came back. Right. And, and, and what people did, for four days, I watched, we all watched television because it was just, it, it was, you, you got glazy-eyed and everything looking at it all. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it was... And, uh, and I also saw uh, live on TV, uh, my parents and uh, all of them were at church on that Sunday. I stayed with my grandmother because she had had heart trouble. And it was about 20 after 12 Eastern time, and uh, I told my grandma, I said, hey, Oswald's been shot, and uh, it was live on TV out of Dallas, man. Right, I remember that, too. They were transferring him to, from one jail to the other, I think. And, uh, right. Jack, Jack Ruby, I think, was the guy. I'm surprised that I remember these names now. But Jack Ruby was a guy that 
he was a kind of a shady character. In fact, he ran strip joints, but he was real friendly with the police. You know, he liked oh. to hang around with cops, and they let him in. You know, they didn't they didn't question his being. And he's the one who shot Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald. And sadly, uh, it's sad when anybody gets shot. He, I mean, Oswald may not have done it. He didn't get his day in court. But we'll never. There's things that we will never know because of, of that. The fact that he got killed. And, and it was, now, uh, the Robert Kennedy thing, uh, my brother and I, it was the last day of school. It was uh, June 5th, 1968. He was in the 10th grade. I was in the 4th. Anyway, we were just waking up to get ready to go that last day to school, and my dad said, boys, get up. Uh, Robert Kennedy's been shot. And the stations in the eastern time zone had stayed on the air. You know, usually they sign off at midnight, but because... He had won the California primary. They, the signal was shot east uh, from California, and uh, it ended up that uh, they showed all this stuff, and he said, we'll see you in Chicago, and he went back through the kitchen, and that was the end of him. Can I tell my story now? This is my best one. You go uh, ahead. Because, uh, you know, you're exactly right. Uh, I think he was killed, shot at about 2.30 or 3 Eastern time. Because right. it was just about midnight in California, and in fact, when we you and I give the date of June fifth or sixth, it's kind of hard to tell because we're crossing the timeline there. But I I had was in Chapel Hill, living in Chapel Hill then, and I was going to Goldsboro, and I got to Goldsboro about one o'clock in the morning, and uh, I always listen to the radio when I go to sleep. I, my mother used to have to come in and turn it off when I was a you know a kid, you know, and I still do that. And I, I, my parents were asleep, and so I went in the house and lay down in the bed, and I had this small portable radio, and I put it up against my ear, and I listened to it until I went to sleep. See, the idea is to distract me so I can go to sleep. Are you with me? <laughs> I'm with and so, so, so I went to sleep, and about two hours later, I was waked up by a very loud noise, and it was the radio, and the people were cheering, not cheering, but making a lot of noise. And on the radio, the, the station that I had it on, and I have no idea, it was probably KDKA or WABC or something like that, uh, had, was carrying the thing, and they had a news bulletin, and it came on very loud, and it woke me up. And that's when I found out at 3 a.m. in the morning that Robert Kennedy had been shot. I mean, it's just really, Now, I, I really don't want you to answer this, because I want some more people to call in, but two very famous athletes captured the guy or among those who captured the guy that um, that shot. Uh, well, I know one of them. Yeah, well, don't say it, no. I, I won't admit. say it. But, but it's, I thought it was poor Sirhan Sirhan. I mean, I don't mean poor because he shouldn't have shot anybody, but he was a small man, and he was misdirected and so on, and he shot Robert Kennedy. And Kennedy lived about 25 hours before he died. He did. He died, I think, on June 6th. Right, and... and one of the reasons I enjoy doing these programs personally like this is I do have to do some research. And every time I do, I learn something. You know, I had always thought over the years that he died, like, right there, immediately. And uh, But uh, the, the, we're not going to have a lot of trivia questions tonight. And you may have to call back in five minutes to... to well, to his, uh, his wife, Ethel, was pregnant yes, with uh, their child at the time. And this uh, kid, I think it's... Uh, Rory or Corey Kennedy was born after Robert had passed away. Yeah, I didn't. I knew she was pregnant. I didn't remember 
the name of the children. They had 11 children, after all. In, in the, That's right. They were the good old uh, Catholic brothers and sisters. <laughs> exactly. Well, the older you get, the older I get, and the more I learn about the Kennedy family, I have uh, mixed feelings. I, 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 I'll just really tell you that. I mean, some of the stuff that they have revealed about John Kennedy is just totally shocking and unreal, and it makes you lose your yeah, respect for him. And uh, I, I voted. For, I would have voted for him, and I, I would have voted for him again because uh, he was young. You know, he, if he was one of the things. I was old enough, and you were not quite old enough yet, but one of the things you felt like is that America was new and young after World War II, and and, and uh, it would be good to have a man who was president who was 40 rather than one who was 75. And it was just a matter of something in the air, if you know what I mean. Uh, and uh, But in any event, it was... It well, was I had, uh, I had uh, supper one night at Campbell University with Robert Morgan. He had served in the U.S. Senate, and they had a committee to try to determine this thing about uh, uh, who had, uh, who or what had shot John F. Kennedy, and he said, well, he thought it was the Cubans and the Russians, but uh, I still believe to this day it was something else. I won't go over uh, on the uh, radio here because, you know, we just don't know for certain, but I think there was more into it than that, but uh, anyway, that's my. Well, I'm glad to hear you had historian. I'm glad to. Well, that's one reason I like to talk to you. One, I'm glad that you talk, got a chance to talk to Robert Morgan. Was one of the person that I, I admired some when he was in in Congress. Uh, and somewhere here in my house, I've got a postcard that he sent me. Uh, I, I, we were talking about something one night, and uh, and, and I came to the defense of our senators. I don't even know what the topic was, but I remember that he sent me a card, and it basically said, listen to you often, good job last night, Tom, Robert Morgan. And I thought, I've kept it. Wow. It's, it's kind of a treasure. This was like 1992 or something like that. I don't know. It was very early because I did politics for a little while, but I, uh, it was it was uh, something that wasn't getting anywhere because most of the people <laughs> I talked to were not interested in getting anywhere. So it was they were interested in politicking. But so we have a lot more fun doing this and talking about history without the burden of that. But we're going to save the names of the two men who were well-known athletes. And I, I, I wouldn't, if I was Sirhan Sirhan, I wouldn't want to be captured by either one of those guys. One of them weighed about 300 pounds. I, I don't know if he's the one you knew. <laughs> they were big. He was a big, big star, and he was good. Big, as the old saying says, he was a big, big man, but we won't. Mention names. We'll let somebody right. else do that for you. Right. Well, thank you. I hope you're a seed caller tonight, and other people will follow in your footsteps. But thank you for being well, with us, and I always look forward to hearing from you. All right. Have a good night, Tom, and we'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, Anthony. Yes, sir. Anthony, uh, Anthony is a former history teacher, and he's from Broadway, which is near Sanford, North Carolina, down on 421. And uh, it was good to have him as our seed caller. You can join us at 919-8. Six zero nine seven eight three. We'll be back after the news. Right, this time we move on to nine thirty four. We have a checkup on the news, and you you need to stay tuned to WPTF for updates on the weather because we may be getting some rain, uh, and also updates on the news and traffic. Uh, uh, and so uh, stay on AM six eighty or FM ninety eight point five. Tom Kearney here. This is the Tom Kearney Show, and it's a nostalgia night. Tomorrow night is going to be uh, 
And I did. Miss Pam Beck is going to be with us. She's our gardening correspondent, and uh, I just love to go to gardens. Uh, I'm fond of uh, the Raleigh Rose Garden, for instance, and have been to gardens in Chapel Hill and the Duke Duke Gardens and so on. But I just like to go to places like that, and and Pam knows all about them. And I I think other people should have the uh, the advantage or a guide to those kinds of places. So Pam's going to come tomorrow night and talk about gardens in North Carolina and someplace that if you want to go to a place like that on a a weekday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon or whatever. She knows all about it. This is Pam Beck tomorrow night. And Friday night, of course, will be trivia night. Uh, we uh, have done what we wanted to do. We've attracted some callers, and we still would like to attract you to 919, our area code, eight six zero nine seven eight three. as we talk about uh, events uh, like uh, the assassination of, of a president or the uh, events of 9-11 or something like that, that you have a a story about or an angle on. And uh, uh, John tells me that a couple of people arrived, and we take them in the order in which they arrived. Tony, are you there? Yes, sir. What's, on your, mind to, what's on your mind tonight? I was to tell you my experience on 9-11. Okay, go for and it. On 9-11, um, I was working in uh, a place called Star, North Carolina, and they called, they claimed to be like the geographical center of North Carolina. There's like, they said there's like a couple of them, but they, Star, North Carolina claims to be one. And, like, I was in the Air Force for, like, uh, 20 years and stuff like that, you know. So I'm used to looking at airplanes. And what it was was I worked at this, this textile mill, and I was air conditioning man. And I worked on the roof a lot, you know. And the roof had, like, you know, like, I don't know, there's, like, 30 air conditioners up on the roof, you know. So it was up there all the time, you know. And what it was was when I go up there working on the air conditioner, I'd take a radio with me, you know. And so, um, so like, in the morning and stuff like that, I was up there working on a unit, and, uh, you know, I listened to the radio, and then they, they spoke about how the, uh, how, like, the first tower got hit, you know. And yep. then, uh, um, and then, so then, uh, I, I, I was before the second one got hit. I, I, I decided I, I lived like about. I was renting an apartment. It was about uh, two blocks away from the from the mill, you know. And I snuck off and I went home and put a, uh, a dang uh, VHS tape in my VCR uh, player at, in my apartment, you know. And I started recording uh, CNN, you know. I put on six hour play, you know. So I was recording. Good. And then when the second one hit, that was on there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I listened yeah. to all that stuff, you know, during when it was happening, stuff like that, you know. And but what and what it was like it's like soon as like this stuff was happening like you know uh, it was that happened in the morning they shut down the air traffic and that place that was in Star North Carolina um like I was on the roof all the time and I like I look up you know I see like airplanes and I, there was like lanes they were like to the right it was saying they were going like one direction and to the left they were going the other direction you know and, and then like there was another place where and anyway so I see a lot of air traffic over you know but what it was 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 how the uh, air traffic was halted and it was stayed like that for a couple of days. Now they're quiet. And then after it came back on, the traffic was way, way down. They, I think they redirected it. In that, that place in uh, Star North Carolina wasn't a, um, like a uh, like a waypoint or what do you call it, on the, uh, yeah. like, you know, to the aviators, you know what I mean? Because I think right. they used to go like, straight over there. I think they used to use that for like a, like a target or whatever, you know what I mean? They wouldn't land there, but they'd be flying way over, you know, but the path was there. And so um, I know that, like, the difference in the air traffic, you know, how they well, stopped doing yeah. it on the... Uh, well, I know well, I've read a thing that said that, that at one time probably the only, I think they got just about everybody down because if they were coming from Europe, they made them land like in Canada and stuff because they didn't know if there were how many more planes. You know, they, they started out with two and right, they ended they, up they being... They told them to land like the airport. They told them to get out of the sky. Yeah. Well, the president's plane... The they told them to land there. The president's plane... Where you're going, wherever you happen to be when, when your plane was like, you know, told to land. 
You had to come down. That's right. Well, the president's plane was in. It went to, to uh, Barstow Air Force Base in Louisiana. Right. And right. then they flew so to Florida, Omaha. He was in Florida and stuff like that. And he yeah, was, he was uh, in Florida. Was and they, but they, president and, uh, they wanted to get him. Plane. They wanted to get him out of there and get him up in the air where he could have a bunch of fighters around him. You know, in case they, you know, if they somebody right. tried to attack him and everything. But that was that was, was supposed to be the one time that there was nobody in the air except except that one plane. Well, you have a good story there. Did your tape work out, by the way? Did you get it? Get it oh, yeah, some guy, as a matter of fact, some guy, but it's like, you know, it's like, it's like six or eight hours, it's six hours a day, like uh, CNN, the day it was after, when it was going up. Right. And then it kept showing up the same step over and stuff like that. The tape, like, you know, if you look at it now, it's kind of smooth. If I hadn't looked at it, like, in probably 20 years or something like that. How long ago? You'll come back to it. years ago, yeah. I haven't about looked at it in 15 years. About, well, it was about 10 years ago because it was on the 10th anniversary. Uh, NBC or somebody no, showed, uh, yeah, yeah. hold on this, no. yeah. showed yeah, the whole right. thing. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I, like I said, I haven't looked at it a long time, stuff like that. 2001, 221, I mean. Uh, okay. You're talking about, like, Kennedy, and uh, when I was born, I was born in 59. And okay. I can remember, like, like a personal thing, like, when we were moving before that. But, uh, um, like, the next, like, I can next remember being a kid was, uh, um, I can remember uh, watching uh, uh, that boy saluting the, the, the casket on Saturday morning. Because like, on yeah. Saturday morning, all the cartoons were off. You that know, was John, you know, all the that stations was, had a funeral on. That was John Jr. Saturday morning. Uh, it may have been, I think it was more like Sunday morning uh, because he was killed on Friday. And they wouldn't have had time to get everything done, you know. Back oh, when, they, when, back. when the little kid was saluting, when the cat, when the, uh, you know that little boy was saluting in the blue suit? Yeah, right. Yeah, that was John. Yeah. I remember watching him on TV and thinking, like, you know, that's, you know, at the time, I was that kid's age. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was like, yeah, I wasn't used to seeing kids my age on TV, so, you know, and I, and I thought, it was a, you know, I, yeah, that's was, like, you know, I can remember that. He was about three or four then. Well, I've got another guy waiting, and I'm going to have to run you off okay. now. But thank hey, you so much. Bye-bye. But take care and appreciate your calling. Yes, sir. WPTF, the Tom Curry show, a gentleman who... Uh, I like that. He was up on top, working on top of a factory building, and uh, when uh, when uh, the 9/11 uh, happened, and he uh, came, he heard it on his radio. He was up there listening. He had the radio on while he was working, and, and he came down and went home. He only lived about two blocks away, and and to put a VHS tape in his uh, in his thing and put it on CNN so they could have he could have a, a continuous broadcast. I, I remember I. Uh, on the 10th anniversary, I watched, uh, I think it was one of the networks, it may have been CNN, the whole thing from uh, in real time, you know, in 9 o'clock in the morning they were having the planes fly into the, the it was videotape that had been taken at the time, and, and since then I, I, I've saluted, but I haven't watched this very much stuff, because I, I sat there and watched the whole thing, and there was so much dust and so much noise, and so many people were killed. Anyway, one thing I'll have to admit when I first heard it, and then we'll talk to Henry, is that I, being a student of history, knew that a plane, a bomber, a small bomber, had hit the Empire State Building in 1945. And it, it didn't knock the Empire State Building down, obviously, because it's still there. But it's built in a different way than the Twin Towers were. But the plane stuck in the building, and pieces of it fell down. And I think some people were either injured or killed, but... Uh, uh, when I first heard plane has hit building in New York, I thought it's happened again. But it was a, uh, a really kind of a totally different thing. John, is Henry still waiting for us? 
Yes. Henry, how are you tonight? Yeah, Tom, can you hear me? This I can Henry. now. Do you have a story for us? <laughs> yeah. Um, would you rather hear about the Kennedy assassination or uh, Robert Kennedy's murder or um, the battleship coming into Wilmington? I would rather hear about Robert Kennedy because that's what inspired tonight's program. Okay, I mean, good, fine. It was the anniversary just two or three days ago. Uh, I was working in Wilmington at a summer job in the Coca-Cola bottling company there, and um, <clears throat> I don't I don't remember whether the news of uh, Robert Kennedy's assassination came during the day or in the afternoon or what, but. Uh, I remember being working there at the time when it happened, and it was a shocking, uh, truly shocking event. I mean, when I first heard about it, I just couldn't believe it. And um, then, um, and I mean, it was only about, you know, roughly uh, five years after John Kennedy had been assassinated as well. But uh, you asked a question. Let's go back one second. Hold on, Henry, one second. And it was only two months after... Martin Luther King had been assassinated. Yeah, that, that's months. right. That, that was even more shocking because yeah. uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated in uh, April. But um, <clears throat> you asked a question about the football player. I think it was Rosie Greer, but I'm not certain. Right, there were two I asked about, but the football player was Rosie Greer. He was about six two or three and weighed about three hundred pounds. And oh yeah, I remember him well. And he he. It was a great player, and he retired. I think he became a minister. In fact, I think he was kind of like a chaplain to uh, to professional football players. But who was the other guy? I can't. I cannot remember. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to leave that and see if somebody else will come up with it. But there were two. There were several people who gathered around and grabbed Sirhan before he could get away. And but there was. Yeah. It was. Uh, well, <clears throat> what I remember especially was the shocking photograph or film of um, Ethel Kennedy down on the floor in the hotel uh, where uh, Robert Kennedy was lying on the floor. He'd been shot, and there was a lot of blood around on the floor. And there was Mrs. Kennedy. Uh, you know, she was distraught, of course, and trying to comfort him as well. And um, I can just remember it being a terribly, terribly shocking event, uh, regardless of one's political uh, affiliation. Oh, yeah, and you remember also that... Uh uh, Anthony pointed out that she was expecting uh, at, the, at the time. Yeah, that, that's right. And mm-hmm. um, in more recent years, uh, one of their daughters <coughs> died in apparently a drowning incident up around Baltimore or the Chesapeake Bay somewhere. And I think the daughter may have been that same little baby who was not yet born. Oh, I, 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 I did not know that. Uh, that thank you. Did I, you know, every time I have a program like this and people come forth and contribute, I end up learning something that I did not know before, and it it, it makes a better story, you know, in, in the future and so on. Well, Henry, thank you for calling. I've got to take a break here. All right. All right. Take up. care. Goodbye. I, I always like to hear from you. Thank you. Henry thank you, is me too. Thank you. a member of our radio family, and he's contributed a story about the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy, which was my, my center point for tonight, too, because I'm hearing it on the news. Robert Kennedy was killed on uh, early, I think, or on the morning of uh, June 5th. I think he died about 25 hours later. Uh, but uh, it was the second assassination in two months because Martin Luther King Jr. had been assassinated, uh, I think, the first week in in April. Uh, 
tonight, if you have a story about, it doesn't have to be about an assassination. I just that was going to be my story because I, I remembered that I was awakened in the middle of the night by a loud radio that I had left on, but it had been subdued. But when they announced uh, that Robert Kennedy had been shot, it, it came up loud enough that it woke me up, and 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 that's been a memorable thing for me even since then. We're going to take a break. Uh, and uh, come back, and we, I think, have time for at least one more caller at 919-860-9783. But, John, before that, I want to do this copy that you gave me, if that's all right with you. Uh, this has to do with my friends, our friends, at uh, King's Auto, King's Auto Service, uh, 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh. Uh, I'll just say that, uh, yes, I take my cars there, so it's just, um, it's, I have, I've walked the walk and I've talked the talk. And with all the pollen that we've had and uh, uh, reminding us that it's, it's springtime and, and indeed closer and closer, it's not that long before it's going to be summer, the need to take your vehicles to King's Auto Service for uh, a checkup. Items that need to be checked include wiper blades. In fact, I took mine as a result of this commercial, and I uh, I had some new wiper blades put on my Corolla. and. Uh, uh, they had been uh, severely uh, worked uh, during the winter when there was a lot of ice and stuff on them and so on. And uh, uh, the uh, mechanic there said, Tom, they've had that, and also they're beginning to to, uh, to dry up a little bit. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who took advantage of the commercial. Uh, but the abuse of winter weather uh, requires things like that. Also, uh, we had the cabin air filter uh, replaced uh, because of the capturing the pollen and helping uh, uh, avert uh, the problems that have to do with with allergies. During your spring checkup, make sure that you have your air conditioning checked also for uh, the, the summer. It is beginning to get hotter, and you'll begin to notice this is one of those weeks when you have the heat and the humidity, and, and that air conditioner can take the uh, humidity out of the, uh, of the air and make you more comfortable. That's why they call it air conditioning. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Lube and the State Inspection Station are easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net on the web. King's Auto Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. Mm-hmm. And uh, I use a clock uh, when I do this, uh, listeners. Uh, it's on a computer, and it just went on synchronized. Oh, it's come back now. I, I know what time it is. So I have to be careful. It's 9.53, and we're going to talk to our friend Lou, who, as always, comes from the far side of the tracks. Hey, Tom. Yeah, I'm just calling in with the uh, the other athlete that was acting as a bodyguard the night Bobby Kennedy was shot was an Olympic athlete called Rayford Johnson. Right. He was, he was about as... A, an athlete as you could get to. So he won the decathlon the, the the year before that, and I think in '56 he won the silver. He was second in the decathlon, so he was well put together. And, uh, yeah, handsome guy. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. they didn't come into handy that particular night. Yeah. Um, Juan Romero was the bus boy that you've seen in that iconic photograph, trying to pro- lift Kennedy's head up on the floor there. Romero was a busboy at the hotel kitchen. He had made a delivery to Kennedy's room the night before, 
and it said he felt like that Bobby Kennedy saw him as an American, not not as a Hispanic. Uh, and so it was a second encounter with Bobby. He he was shaking Romero's hand, I believe, when when Sirhan raised the pistol, and he, he shot Bobby to, like right behind the right ear, point blank he range, twenty two pistol. I'm sorry. He was supposed to have said Kennedy was supposed to have said to Romero, "Did it, is everybody else all right or something like That's that?" That's right. And also they heard him up close listening. He was saying, Jack, Jack, you know, John yeah, Kennedy, yeah. Jack. Yeah. And I guess you know that Frank Mankiewicz was uh, his campaign spokesman and right-hand man from the famous Mankiewicz showbiz family, but he decided to go and uh, try to help the Kennedy campaign. Well, now was, was Frank the one they called Mank, the one that they made the movie about? or No, no, this, this, but he was related. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, Mankiewicz is the one that announced Kennedy's death, uh, like, I think it was 24 hours after he had been shot. He, right. He died. He, the source I read said he lived 25 hours, I think. Long after yeah, 25. That. 25 is right. Mm-hmm. You know, that family... Terrible, terrible thing. And, you know, Bobby Kennedy, I think, had he lived, would have gone on and won that election. And I think... Uh, country and the world would have benefited if that had happened, but no such luck. No, it was, a, it was 68, and I, it's about time for me to go here if I'm going to hit my time. I know. 68 was a bad year. I mean, we, we still had the, the Chicago Convention and all that mess to go. And that, oh, right. That, that was I a just, terrible police riot. <laughs> right. I remember yeah, what a year. You're right. Terrible is the word, but we lived through it and got by it. Well, Lou, thank you. Take care of things for us, okay? Lou is uh, from the the opposite side of the tracks. Not really. He he just lives in Rocky Mountain, if you know Rocky Mountain. The railroad tracks run right through the middle of town, and I've always kidded him about that. That's our program for tonight. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about plants and public gardens that you can go visit.